3: Hey, happy July. Welcome in. I'll kick the coverage podcast. Always appreciate you guys checking us out. Jason Martin in with Clay Travis for the next couple of days. And then it'll be me and Jeff Schwartz finishing up your holiday on Thursday and Friday. Man, NBA taking center stage. They go prime time, full on free agent, just craziness. Beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern time last night. We broke it all down today. So you definitely want to check that out. Also, we talked to Frank Isola. Got all of the lowdown on Well, it's just misery for the Knicks, and it's the opposite. whole lot of hope for the Nets. But did Kevin Durant make a good decision? All
4: of that. Enjoy the podcast. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. I am in Los Angeles, uh, which is soon to be, if not already, the potential destination of Kawhi Leonard or potentially not. That is the question that is outstanding after an unbelievably wild opening to NBA free agency, and ultimately it all comes down to Kawhi Leonard. We have got a ton to talk about. We have been tracking this story on the show across three different, four different time zones today. Whatever the time may be, wherever you are, I hope your Monday morning is going well. I started off Talking about NBA free agency in Nashville, and uh, I landed late, late last night in Los Angeles, and so I am coming to you live right now from my LA hotel room. Uh, and uh, I, I, I got to be honest with you, this is uh, this is absolutely wild to watch all of the free agency play out since about six o'clock Eastern uh, last night when we began to understand the first big shoe to drop of free agency was Kevin Durant. And we're going to talk about whether or not we think Kevin Durant made the right decision to go and join the uh, the Brooklyn Nets like he did. And then also, later on, after midnight, as, as everything continues, many of you waking up right now probably don't even know this, uh, they ended up doing a sign-and-trade. So D'Angelo Russell is headed from Brooklyn back to California again. He's going to be with the Golden State Warriors. As a part of that sign-and-trade deal, Andre Iguodala had to be traded. And so he has now been shipped to Memphis. And Patrick Beverly has now uh, agreed to terms, three-year, $40 million contract with the LA Clippers. So All of those things have happened since midnight. It has been a never-ending cavalcade, I would say, of stories. Um, And we're left with the question of what will Kawhi Leonard do. Um, Kawhi, basically, at this point in time, seems to have narrowed down his options to three different teams. I think these are probably the only three different teams that have the salary cap still to sign him. I guess the Knicks do. And we'll get to the Knicks and certainly talk about that. We're going to be joined by Frank Isola uh, who is a uh, New York City basketball expert. He's been covering the NBA and more in the city of uh, of New York for a long time. So we'll talk about the impact of the Knicks being unable to sign anybody that they had one day once dreamed of signing. But for Kawhi Leonard, does he come to Los Angeles, back closer to home? Uh, and if he does, does he choose the Clippers or the Lakers? That's the question. Or does he stay in Toronto and potentially re-up one-year deal there, uh, maybe with an option for a second year uh, with Kawhi. As uh, as everything is changing in the Eastern Conference, it seems uh, you've got uh, a little bit of an uncertainty about what exactly is going to end up transpiring with the trade uh, that that also happened late last night. Of uh, not late last night, but last night of Jimmy Butler potentially going to the Miami Heat, and Al Horford now signing with the uh, the 76ers, Josh Richardson moving to the 76ers. Basically, an easy way to sum this up is the NBA has gone insane. The NBA has gone crazy. And here's a stat from uh, Tom Haberstroh. I saw you, I've got Jason Martin with me, by the way, for much of this week. Of the 24 All-Stars who played in the 2017 All-Star game, only eight haven't switched teams. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Giannis, Kyle Lowry, and John Wall, and two of those eight may not play next season or won't play very much at all uh, due to injury. So that this is a uh, it's a crazy time. Um, I I don't even know how to contextualize it quite all yet, but I think ultimately this boils down to the big question that is lingering, that is out there, that will help to define this entire off season, And it is this. If Kawhi joins the Lakers, then the Lakers become a prohibitive favorite to win the NBA title. That is where we have been for the past several years with the Golden State Warriors, where there is one team that is head and shoulders above everybody else. And unless not one but two stars get injured, They are the favorite. In fact, I believe the Golden State Warriors would have won the title with ease, maybe even swept the Toronto Raptors if Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson had both been able to stay healthy. If only one of them had been able to stay healthy throughout the entire season, I think the Golden State Warriors would have still gotten it done. Instead, they got two injuries. But if Kawhi decides that he doesn't want to join the Lakers, then there are 10 to 12 teams out there that at least can convince themselves This could be our year. We could win a championship. The NBA would have more parity than it has had in a very, very long time. So I think uh, for many of you out there who are listening to me who are Lakers fans, you are hoping that Kawhi is going to join you. For the rest of you out there that are listening to me, you are hoping that there is going to be some modicum of uh, chance that your team might be able to win a championship. Now, that is the big story, secondary big story. Kevin Durant making the decision to go and join the Brooklyn Nets, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Effectively, he's saying, I would rather play with Kyrie Irving than with Steph Curry. That makes zero sense to me. I don't understand it. Also, in terms of making no sense, this may make sense because James Dolan has been cursed with the awful decision-making, but this this is pretty wild to think about. The New York Knicks... Right before the draft lottery, thought to themselves, we have got three guys that could fundamentally alter the trajectory of our franchise. Zion could be the number one overall pick if we're fortunate enough to earn that, win that in the draft lottery. We believe with the trade of Kristaps Porzingis that we have freed up the salary cap money to be able to go out and get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, or one of those two guys paired with Anthony Davis. Essentially, the Knicks thought that they had four players, three of whom they'd be able to sign, Zion they were hoping for, and then two out of the three of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, or certainly, they thought, Anthony Davis. Instead, they're going to go 0 for 4 They have ended in a totally awful place, if you are a Knicks fan. And uh, we'll just continue this dance where they believe they're well-positioned to be uh, gaining a uh, a big-time free agent in the offseason year after year, even though year after year these guys all say no to the Knicks. So that is where we are sitting right now. Uh, I'm going to bring in Jason Martin. Uh, this has been an extraordinary now, what, 12 hours that has existed for free agency in the NBA. And we're basically to the point now where the only shoe that's left to drop is Kawhi. So I want to start with that question for you. What do you think Kawhi's going to do?
3: Let me give you a stat real quick. This was as ridiculous a 12-hour span as anything we've ever seen. 48 players, $3.175 billion. (laughs) I mean, I don't even know what to say. I uh, mean, you know, I'll, certain... I'll
1: tell you what I would say. I would be willing to call somebody an owner of a team if they were willing to pay me over <laughs> yeah. three billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, well, well stated.
3: But the Kawhi Leonard question is so fascinating because, and Kevin O'Connor, this is how he started his article at the Ringer, and I think this is very well put. Sunday was one of the wildest days in NBA history, but now the whole league waits for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi will determine whether the league will enter a parody era or if a new juggernaut will rule. That is what is on the shoulders of Kawhi Leonard. We are sitting here on the cusp of an NBA that I've always wanted to see, where we have elite-level parity with multiple superstars on a lot of different teams. You've got a whole lot of two superstars, two all-stars on one roster, like 10, 11 teams that can claim that right now. If Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A. and plays for the Lakers, then they become the greatest super team ever in terms of those three guys. Plus, Kuzma is a really nice piece to keep around, and then they bring 10 minimum salaries, and who even cares? If they stay healthy, they are your prohibitive favorite. If he stays in Toronto, I don't even know what that means for the Lakers because they're sitting around waiting for Kawhi to make this decision, as are the Clippers, and while they've been doing it, all these other dudes have signed. Yeah. And so who's going to be left? They're going to be sitting there with, like, Alfred Payton, or having to bring Rajon Rondo back to be the point guard of this team because so many of the guys that they would have targeted, they are sitting around because they need this money to be available to sign Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, look, That's and fascinating.
1: They, and they may end up having to overpay for some of those guys that yeah. are sitting around waiting because they have $32 million in salary cap space. And, um, you know, I mean, I doubt that they're just going to go ahead and not use it. Now, they might sign a lot of people to one-year deals and say, hey, we'll wait and uh, and see whether it's possible that we could acquire somebody else down the line. Uh, but it, you're right. I mean, that, that is the question. I mean, if Kawhi says no to them, and and to a certain extent for the Clippers, too, who have even more salary cap space, even in the wake of signing Patrick Beverly, uh, I think the Clippers have over $40 million in salary cap space, the Lakers with $32 million. So uh yeah I mean we wait and uh, and we see what ends up happening but the, the the way to think about this is like you said I mean look if Kawhi goes to the Lakers then we're going to be in a situation where there is a the, the the greatest three players to ever play on an NBA team together are now paired together to play on an NBA team and the only way they lose is if there's a significant injury and it might be like the Warriors where there might have to be multiple significant injuries for substantial amounts of time for them not to win a title. But if Kawhi stays with the Raptors or if he goes to the Clippers, there are, right, I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say, 10 or 12 teams out there that could feel like they have a chance to win a championship and that they are sitting pretty in terms of being able to compete. And you might have a situation finally in the NBA, where when the playoffs begin, there are a bunch of different teams, just like in Major League Baseball, just like in the NFL, just like in the NHL, in college basketball at the NCAA tournament, and with college football with the four-team playoff. You make the playoff, you can win a championship, which is not something we have said for a very long time in the NBA.
3: Right. And if you're the Knicks, I, I don't even know what to say if you're a Knicks fan because you mentioned the triumvirate there. Of Zion Williamson, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. And what they did is they got three power forwards last night. Julius Randle, Bobby Portis. Yes, these are names that a lot of people listening right now are like, who? Yeah. Uh, not Julius Randle. Julius Randle saw it. But Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson. And then they grabbed Reggie Bullock at, I don't know, kind of late night last night. But you look at the cap space that they had. They cleared the decks. They get rid of Porzingis to put themselves... All they do is position themselves. But everybody forgets that they're still the Knicks and no one wants to be around James Dolan. As long as Dolan is there, it seems like none of these elite guys are going to go. But as you mentioned the cap space, the Clippers have 55 million, Lakers 32, Dallas 30, Knicks 30. And then basically everybody else is under 15. Atlanta's got 14, Sacramento's got 13, and everybody else in the and league I think is under 10. Cl- I think
1: that Clippers number is down I now because has, of yes. Patrick Beverly's uh, right. That's right.
3: So, so, so it's dropping right now. But so are all these names. There's just not all that many guys left. And that's why this Kawhi thing is fascinating. Because I wish I could get to the point where I thought that Kawhi right now was trying to screw over the Lakers and had no intention of going there. Like That would be the greatest story of all time, just from a drama perspective. If he's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to go play for you guys, or I'm thinking about it really seriously, and then he's making them wait, and all these other guys are dropping like flies, and then he's going to give them the psych move and stay in Toronto.
1: <laughs> also, I would tell you this. This seems like the most un thing imaginable. Yes. That he would be the one player that would be undecided about exactly what he's going to do and in the process that he would be holding basically the league hostage in some way and certainly that he would be holding uh the Lakers hostage you would think based on the way the the Lakers have moved so far that they have to be given have been given pretty decent suggestions that Kawhi legitimately may want to come play for them right mm-hmm. because otherwise uh, even as good as Kawhi Leonard is i think the Lakers would have to say look Kawhi You've got, you know, we're going to give you till X do, you know, X hour, and then we got to start pulling the trigger on some of these guys that are in uh, hot, that we're in hot pursuit of, because otherwise we're going to be left with all this salary cap room that we worked so hard to find and create, and we're not going to have the you know, we're not going to have the players that are worthy of the thirty plus million that we have left in order to spend it on them.
3: Yeah, another thing that, and I tweeted this out, retweeted it from Anthony Slater of The Athletic who covers Golden State for them. The current Warriors roster, now that they get D'Angelo Russell, is it's something, all right? It's Steph and it's Clay when he comes back. It's D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green. And then it's Alfonso McKinney, Jacob Evans, Damian Jones, Jordan Poole, Eric Paschall, Shabazz Napier, who somehow got there, Trevion Graham, and Alan Smilicic. I, I swear that's a real name. That's the Warriors roster. Like I don't even know what this means. They brought in D'Angelo Russell to be in Clay's spot, but when then Clay comes back, I don't know what D'Angelo Russell is going to offer them. Except no defense. He's going to get them a ton of points, but their defense got worse. They lost Iguodala and they lost Durant, and it looks like they're not going to have the money to keep Looney. So that's I don't know what that means for Golden State.
1: You have to almost be thinking that they might be trying to spin off Russell when Klay Thompson comes back healthy, right? Wouldn't that be your thought?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, he wanted to go to Minnesota, right? Because him and Carl Anthony Towns are best friends. And that seems to be the way guys are making decisions. But D'Angelo Russell didn't have full control here.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just wondering if there is, the, you know, in the in terms of the Golden State Warriors are thinking either they're going to pair De, uh, D'Angelo Russell with somebody else to try to make a move or they're thinking, hey, we can put Steph and he out on the court together. We'll be able to make the playoffs. The Western Conference is stacked now, mm-hmm. by the way. We're going to be able to make the playoffs potentially if we have a healthy D'Angelo Russell to pair with Draymond and Steph. And then when it gets closer to the trade deadline and we have a better read on Klay Thompson coming back, uh, maybe we'll be able to make a move. Or the Warriors are just thinking, hey, when everybody else is uh, is thinking we have absolutely no uh, no game plan here, are they going to think we're going to go uh, with a with a four guard offense? Basically, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, and just say we're going to just shoot as many threes as we can and try to outscore you and uh, and play kind of a frenzied style ball and see if we can steal a title somehow. I I don't know the answer, uh, but uh, but I would think that they're just trying to create. I mean, look, it's better to have. Uh, I I think D'Angelo Russell. In that sign and trade with the uh, with the Kevin Durant departure, at least you're getting an asset, and they have to be thinking in some way we're going to take advantage of this. That's the only possibility I can I can contemplate right now.
3: Yeah, and I don't disagree. And I, they're going to score a ton of points. They're going to open that new building, and they're going to lose a lot of games by five that they're scoring 140 in. Yeah, because they're going to have a lot of that, and they're not going to have any defense. But my point about Minnesota is maybe there's assets in Minnesota that they see that they might be able to acquire to still end up sending D'Angelo Russell to go play with his best friend, Carl Anthony Towns, over there and maybe be able to recoup something back from that. This is bonkers. That's the short version of it. All of this is absolutely crazy, and I can't believe that basically the whole basketball world is in the hands of a guy who doesn't really do advertising and barely talks. Like, it's fascinating.
1: Well, everything about Kawhi right now, we're going to talk about this and unpack it as the the show continues, but try to get into Kawhi Leonard's head in particular in hour two. But what I would say in general about this is this so far seems like everything Kawhi would hate. He's got basketball uh, waiting to see exactly what decision he's going to make, and he's potentially contemplating going to play for the Lakers and joining the carnival that is LeBron James and just all of that excessive attention, everything that seems to basically be anti-everything Kawhi has ever stood for, I don't get it. But up next, we're going to go to New York. How bad is it for the Knicks? How good is it for the Nets? What does Frank Isola think about the moves in free agency so far as it pertains to New York City? We will discuss... This is Outkick on Fox Sports
4: Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
2: dot com slash sports tire dot com the way tire buying should be welcome
1: in i'll kick the coverage hope all of you are having a fantastic monday probably not if you're a knicks fan we are joined now by frank isola at the frank isola he is also uh on around the horn he is uh, on sirius xm and he writes for the athletic and he has been a long time observer of the wildness that can sometimes be the world of New York City basketball where does this rank as you wake up on a Monday morning Frank and look at the uh, carnage in the Knicks uh, roster and meanwhile also the craziness and excitement I would imagine and glee that must be felt by Brooklyn Nets fans how would you even characterize it
0: I mean it's a nightmare scenario for the Knicks and their fans there's no other way around it Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are joining forces in New York let's stop right there and it's going to be in Brooklyn. If I had told Clay Travis back in September, guess what? Kemba is going to leave his team. He's going to come to the Atlantic Division. Kyrie is going to leave his team. He's going to stay in the Atlantic Division. And Kevin Durant's coming to the Atlantic Division, leaving the Warriors. I'll bet you would have said two of those guys have to be going to the Knicks. It's got to be Durant and one of those point guards that you would think. the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks didn't even get a meeting with Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker, but they set everything up, Clay, to get, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. That's the reason that they traded Chris Porzingis. they had to get off of the contracts of Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee. Those were two guys that Steve Mills had signed. But then, of course, they had to kick uh, Porzingis on the way out, so to make it seem like, well, he was an ungrateful diva, so he had to get rid of him. When you make a move like that, it has to result in something. And getting Julius Randle three years, $63 million, that's not it. You got to do better than that. The Knicks swung and missed big time.
1: It's interesting. I saw you on Twitter last night say, I'll look forward to who the mouthpieces are for the Knicks, who are going to claim that the Knicks are still in good shape. And of course, the story comes out, well, the Knicks didn't want to give uh, Kevin Durant a four-year guarantee, given the fact that he's coming off of an Achilles tendon uh, injury. If that were true, and you had made that decision, why wouldn't you have said it before free agency actually started, right? I mean, if you've made that decision, that's fine, right? The Knicks fans can exactly. be upset about that decision, but if you were going to make that decision, shouldn't you have put that out beforehand through uh, media sources and everybody else and just said, you know what? The Knicks are balking at giving Kevin Durant a four-year guarantee because they're worried about him being 32 years old with an Achilles tendon injury coming off of it, and they don't want to pay him you know, $40 million for a full year when he's going to be rehabbing. If that were their decision, it can be a questionable decision, but it's one that certainly can be justified if you at least put it out beforehand. The fact yep. that they didn't is to me self evident that they are now trying to claim, oh, we didn't really want him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Uh, and
0: I said, I wrote after game five, I was up in Toronto when Durant got hurt, and I wrote, you know, the Knicks. It's it's a tough break for them. Time to move on. But you just you, could, you forget about Kevin Durant waiting a year for him to come back. And when he does come back, he's going to be thirty two. A year removed from Achilles surgery. Forget it. Don't do that. But Clay, the Knicks, if they could, under the current collective bargaining agreement, if they could give Kevin Durant a ten year contract, they would have signed him for ten years. They wanted Kevin Durant in the worst way. Don't don't. First of all, it fits right into the Knicks' whole marketing plan. And you know they would have said it's not about this year. This year, it's about developing our young guys because next year we're getting Kevin back, and when we get him back, we'll have another. We still have our first-round pick. We still have cap space. This would have been this would have been the, an ideal scenario for the Knicks because it would have allowed the Knicks to cruise through another season, despite the losing, and they could have set everything up for 2020-21 season. Now it'll be you know now you'll hear all about Giannis and Tedakumbo and a Queens a story of Queens, which is home to like the largest. A Greek community in the United States so you're going to start hearing all this stuff it's all spin from the Knicks that's what it always is as I say Clay when it's not about this year it's about next year pretty soon with the Knicks it's not about this century it's about next
1: century <laughs> so when you look right now let's go to the other side Brooklyn has to be ecstatic with getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when you look at those guys if you had to make a choice right now do you believe that that duo will ever win a championship in Brooklyn
0: I think it's going to be hard. I think that, you know, there's so many variables. First of all, it's Kyrie proving that he could be a leader again because he fell out of favor with a lot of his teammates up in Boston and the coaching staff. You know, so it, it's funny. When we were at the All-Star Game, that's when that story came out from Adam Silver, which I was surprised that he said it. But he said, you know, it, it's my dealings with NBA players and I find that, find them to be generally unhappy, which I'm sure makes the public feel great that these guys are making you know, $20, know 30000000 million and they're unhappy. But the first two players I thought of, were Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And here they are together, and I thought they were coming to the Knicks. I'm thinking, hey, if you're unhappy now, wait, you come see what's going on with the Knicks. So, uh, to me, both of them have a lot to prove. Durant is much different. That's all about proving medically that he can come back and be a big-time player. And, hey, Kyrie Irving's had some medical stuff in the past, but he has to come back and prove that he can be a leader. Both these guys signed up for this. And you know what? You want to make a mark in New York, and they're going to make a ton of money the, the Nets' new owner from over in Asia, Joe who owns that company, Alibaba, they're going to make a ton of money uh, you know, linking up with uh, companies in China and things like that. But there's going to be a lot of questions about uh, um, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And remember this too, Clay, you got Kevin Durant for four years. It's really three. He's not playing next year. So already we just knocked one year off. Can they win a championship? It's certainly not going to happen next season. And how is he going to be that first year back? So for the Nets, it's a risk. But remember, The Nets team doctor, Dr. Martin O'Malley, out of the hospital for special surgery, he's the one that did the operation on Durant. So no one knows what that injury to Durant is better than the Nets team doctor. And the Nets do have what's renowned to be one of the better medical staff, training staff in the NBA. So clearly they have to be confident that they could get Durant back to some type of level.
1: All right, so... Uh, I said an hour one open of this show, right? And we're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola. My first thought when I come on is this is a bad decision for Kevin Durant because he had the opportunity to stay in Golden State. He could have played with Steph instead of Kyrie Irving. I don't think there's a single person out there listening to us right now that is saying regardless of what level basketball you play, I'd rather have Kyrie Irving as a teammate than (laughs) Steph Curry as a teammate at the point guard position. What in the world is Kevin Durant thinking?
0: It's it's a strange one, and um, I agree with you. Financially, it made all the sense in the world. He would have gone five years for the Golden State Warriors. When you do come back and play, you're going to have Steph Curry. You're going to have Clay Thompson. Presumably, you'll have Draymond Green as well. It, it, clearly, it was to make a move back east, to make some type of mark in New York, and for the longest time he was linked up with Kyrie Irving. That's why over the last few days it was interesting. When I heard you know Durant, you know, could it be now the Knicks, could they be back and play? I'm thinking is Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors to come to New York but not play with Kyrie Irving. So for a while there it seemed like it was going to be that. And think about how sensitive Kevin Durant is. Maybe they look at like kind of the New York spotlight as a little bit different. In Brooklyn, you can kind of float under the radar a little bit. Less media scrutiny. You know, some of that's obviously going to change now that they're, you know, a lot's going to be expected of them. And I also think the, you know, the Knicks have to take some accountability here too. There's been a lot of dysfunction and a lot of losing. And you know, most recently, you know, Charles Oakley is a beloved player in New York. You know, every town loves the lunch pail guy that dives on the floor for loose balls and you know gets dirty and isn't afraid to fight and stand up for his team. You know, a couple of seasons ago, they dragged Charles Oakley out of the building in handcuffs. And you know whether Charles was right or wrong. I mean, just that image alone, like you know that that resonates with NBA players. And I'm just thinking, man, you know that's how that's how the owner treats a guy that's beloved in that town. That, that I always thought at the time that was not good for the Knicks. Eventually, the Knicks will overcome that because players will take money. But I just don't think guys like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were ready to take that leap of faith in the Knicks organization. They clearly both wanted to come to New York, so they picked the second team in New York. And I think. That reflects well on Brooklyn, who's the, the, uh, Clay. They've done a lot in terms of player development. They got a terrific coach. Their general manager, Sean Marks, does a good job. They started out at the bottom with basically nothing. They were a playoff team last year. And it says a lot about the Knicks, who are the, the marquee team, and yet they can't land one of these guys. That, that, it's very telling.
1: We're talking to Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter, around the horn. He's also on, uh, you can read him at The Athletic, and he does radio with SiriusXM, joins us weekly. Uh, For people out there who are not familiar with the New York City basketball market, how would you characterize to them, in an analogy sense, the Knicks and the Nets? For the Nets to have just pulled off this coup that they did with Kyrie and with Durant, relative to the Knicks uh, in terms of the way that you have covered these basketball teams forever, how much more superior are the Knicks from a pure fan base and attention perspective historically than the Nets?
0: Oh yeah, you know even the ratings last season
1: still for the Knicks
0: were were better than the Nets. I mean I think that would be like you know the top recruit you know basketball recruit in the state of North Carolina decides to go to NC State as opposed to going to Carolina or going to Duke. Not yeah. that it's not a legitimate team, but I think you know it's then you're not going to the big one, you go into the the next one down. But you know, hey, Brooklyn is a, a beautiful place. It's expensive as heck. The Nets built a beautiful. Practice facility there, and there there is something hip about that whole like you know vibe that's in Brooklyn. I think also Kyrie Irving just didn't want to deal with a lot of the nonsense, a lot of the nonsense with the organization, a lot of the nonsense with the media. I think that he felt, you know, both of them probably feel like they could fly under the radar. I think that's what the the Nets have been for a long time. But remember this: when they had Jason Kidd here, and they went to those two finals. Now, unfortunately, they were playing in the Meadowlands, which is a dump. But that was a that was a fun team. That, That was. That was an entertaining team, and the Knicks have not had a team like that in more than 20 years. So the Nets have a chance now more than ever. I think with the Brooklyn name and the fact that you have two of the top players in the league, they could start to make some inroads in New
1: York. How much pressure, if any, does James Dolan even get added now to have to sell the team? I mean, is, is are there going to be a lot of columns written saying, as you said, in relation to the Charles Oakley situation, this is just a toxic culture that true talent doesn't want to go to and I mean talent that has a ton of other options right the Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to make pretty much the same salary to play anywhere Julius Randle okay you could bring him in he may get more money from the Knicks than anybody else and most people will eventually even go to a culture that's not as good if they're overpaid but when you're competing against everybody else on relatively a level playing field it seems pretty clear that the Knicks and Dolan can't compete
0: yeah and I think you know there's not enough guys certainly in radio in New York that are like Clay Travis and there aren't enough columnists anymore because I think the Knicks, you know, kind of rule through intimidation. They have some business relationships with people. I mean, one of the columnists today wrote, not that the Knicks better get Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard. The column was, wouldn't it be great if the Knicks got Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, I think it would be. I don't really <laughs> think we need to be told that. But there's not like they kinda they get a bit of a pass and then you know, when I worked at the Daily News for the longest time and they still do it now at the Daily News and they do it with me, it's always well you have a vendetta against us and you don't like us. Now I'm just reporting what's going on. I'll I'll stand behind anything that I've written. Look at the results. You were seventeen and sixty five this year. You've had the worst record in the league the last nineteen years. You've won one playoff series in nineteen years. The record is what the record is. See, the the issue that the Knicks have they don't want you to write the truth. So now it's already starting with this Durant thing about well now, nah, well, you know, we had some reservations about it. come on. Yeah, like can we at least like like treat people with respect here? We we know what the Knicks were up to. They wanted Kevin Durant in the worst way. So will that column come like that Jim Dolan should sell the team? I don't think it will. And think of it think about this, Clay. A fan from about twenty feet away after a game this year yelled out, Sell the team. No, no didn't curse. Jim Dolan confronted the fan had his goons kick the guy out, and then ban the fan for life. And I thought, you know what, I think fans are going to get upset at the next game, and nobody really said anything. I think the Nick fan has been so beaten down by the losing and the dysfunction, it's almost like, like the Stockholm Syndrome right now, where they're just used to being a prisoner, and there's nothing they could do about it.
1: Outstanding stuff as always. Good luck unpacking all of this. It's Frank Isola at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Watch him on Around the Horn. Listen to him on Sirius XM and read him at The Athletic. Good stuff, my man. Thanks, Clay. When we come back, who did the best outside of the big-time teams that are getting all the attention with NBA free agency underway? We'll tell you. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. This is OutKick, the coverage
4: with Clay Travis.
1: This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. It's been a crazy, crazy day. So I am in L.A. now. Um, I traveled all the way across the country. We're doing uh, the radio program now from L.A. We did part of it in Nashville before we left, and uh, it's it's obviously crazy here. I'm out for the entire week to do Lock It In and of all the days to be traveling maybe the wildest day in the history of uh, the NBA when you look at everything that has taken place since the free agency started, and really, as we started off the show telling you, everything boils down now to what Kawhi Leonard decides to do. Does he want to create his own super team, which would seem to represent everything that Kawhi Leonard is opposed to, or Does he want to potentially stay in Toronto, wait and see what exactly ends up happening in the Eastern Conference? It would seem that maybe Philadelphia has gotten a little bit better, assuming that Al Horford ends up happening and that the Josh Richardson trade goes through. Uh, Everything there is a little bit up in flux. We'll see exactly. Uh, It looks like the Celtics are going to still have some moves to make, but they at least have added Kimball Walker to replace Kyrie Irving. The, the the Nets are a year away as they wait for Kevin Durant to come back from his injury. We'll see what Kyrie Irving can do replacing D'Angelo Russell, um, and the Milwaukee Bucks probably a little bit worse. Although what a massive contract for Chris Middleton to sign. I just I, it, it's almost I mean so many different moving parts that it's hard to keep track on everything, but ultimately. I think what we have to, uh, to to really focus on is what's Kawhi going to do, and how long is Kawhi going to take to make a decision? And I don't think we know the answer to either one of those things, Jason Martin.
3: No, I we really don't. There is so much interesting going on here. Brogdon going to Indiana is just a small little move, but Brogdon was Rookie of the Year a few years ago, and that might hurt Milwaukee a little bit, but. I think that the most interesting thing that could happen or the best thing for the league personally, at least the league I want to see, is for Kawhi to stay in Toronto because it keeps this league so much more fluid and so much more open with talent that's spread out in a lot of different areas. And then the Lakers become, I mean, the Lakers are still going to be potentially a favorite with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and Kyle Kuzma and what's going on. But, I mean, if he goes there, I think it takes a lot of the fun out of what we could have otherwise. And I mean, I still can't believe the fact that moves are being made, you know, at least on my time. I know you're over there. But even there, like after 1 o'clock a.m. out there, there were still moves being made. I mean, the Pelicans trying to sign Derek Favors at like one fifteen in the morning, Pacific time. Like, can somebody go to sleep? Like is it all right? Like it—it it doesn't all have to be done on the first day of free agency. Well, it's funny. The
1: reason they moved it to uh, oh, 6 I know, Eastern was they were like, I remember seeing Adam Silver say, "Look, you know, we don't need to pull all nighters anymore." Right. Uh, you know, like uh, there's no reason to wait till midnight and suddenly have July one arrive and uh, and the new start of the year. And then what happens? Well, they started at six Eastern and it runs all the way up uh, well after midnight and on into early hours of the East Coast, such that I'm now sitting around wondering, hey, should they have started this thing at noon uh, on the 30th so they could have had 12 full hours before it actually turned into July 1? I mean, I I think this just speaks to, one, uh, you know, the fact that Kevin Durant is deciding to leave, and we'll never know exactly whether he would have left if he hadn't gotten injured, But I think what this speaks to is after so long where everybody looked at the Warriors and thought to themselves, man, there's no way really for us to catch them. The Warriors have dipped down, and if Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, this is every team in the league's chance to try to create a championship. And so everybody is going for it right now, running as hard and as aggressively as they can after that title. And I'm going to be honest with you, it's pretty exhilarating to watch. It's certainly... A lot more interesting to watch than the load management late NBA regular season for damn sure. So, uh, we will continue to break this down. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us here on OutKick. You can follow Fox Sports Radio all day for all of the latest. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. This
4: is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
2: dot com slash sports tire rack dot com the way tire buying should be
1: live from the geico outkick studios uh we got a lot to get to here on the monday edition of outkick the coverage appreciate all of you coming here and joining us hope that you are having a fantastic start of the week and you know what you might well be having a fantastic start of the week as long as you are not a new york knicks fan because i think the big takeaway from the six o'clock eastern on sunday night start of NBA free agency was this. Brands matter less than individuals. It's been a thesis of mine that I have had in place for a long time, but I'm going to unpack it and I'm going to give you a couple of examples here. First of all, Kevin Durant decides to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Let's pause here for a minute and think about what the expectation was for New York Knicks fans as recently as the NBA draft lottery just what seems oh so It's close, not very long ago at all, right? Leading into the NBA draft lottery, Knicks fans were hoping for as follows. Zion Williamson, maybe the most transcendent talent to enter the NBA since LeBron James. They were hoping for Kevin Durant and they were hoping for either Anthony Davis or Kyrie Irving. They felt pretty good about the chances they could get all three of those guys and they could erase what has been an awful, awful stretch for a storied NBA franchise. Madison Square Garden would pop again, and it wouldn't pop because there was another player from another team coming into the garden and dominating such that Knicks fans felt obligated to cheer for him. They thought all three of those players, all four of those players were in contention for potentially three available spots for the Knicks. They were as excited as they could be. This was the entire decision-making process behind the decision to trade Kristaps Porzingis, who is and has now, by the way, if you're a Dallas Maverick fan, agreed to an extension with the Dallas Mavericks, a guy that you could build around and the most exciting player that the Knicks have had in a very, very long time. But they thought that they could clean the decks. They thought that they could wipe it clean and that they would be able to go back and in the space of one offseason, they would go from the laughing stock of the NBA to a team that was contending for a championship. Along the way, they never really thought, I don't believe, that what happened is going to end up happening, which is Brooklyn, the team that has long been your little brother, the afterthought, the team that has moved around. They were in New Jersey, now they're in Brooklyn, that nobody cared about the laughingstock of NBA basketball, by and large, in New York City. And then the Nets go out, and they, instead of the Knicks, add Kyrie Irving, and they add Kevin Durant. And frankly, I don't know where the Knicks go from here. And what is amazing about this is that the Knicks were so optimistic They were so convinced that their franchise history was going to change overnight, and instead they whiff on everybody. Now, that is a story in and of itself it's almost impossible to miss. Here's the larger context story. I think Kevin Durant made the wrong decision. I think that Kevin Durant got all up in his feels in some way or some form or fashion. There is no way that the smart strategic decision for Kevin Durant was to go all the way across the country and play in either... New York for the Knicks or New York for the Nets. It just doesn't make any sense. Kevin Durant had more money on the table to play with a better team in Golden State. If he didn't want to play for Golden State, he could have gone to a better team with the Clippers or probably the Lakers would have made space for him if he so desired to go there. I think Kevin Durant made the worst choice of all of his available options. I really firmly do. And so the question to me about Kevin Durant is, why is he doing this? Who is he angry with? Who is his relationship deteriorated with? We know that he and Draymond Green have had moments with each other on the basketball court where they didn't seem very fond of one another. We know that Bob Myers, the GM who started to cry when Kevin Durant got hurt, maybe there's a team doctor that he doesn't trust. In retrospect, it sure does seem like a sign that Kevin Durant may well have picked the Nets because the doctor who operated on him has a strong affiliation with the Nets. When Kevin Durant traveled to New York City, to make the decision to have surgery there that could have also and should have also, as we said on this show, been a warning sign to Warrior fans who were hoping that Kevin Durant was going to turn back and play with them. But let me just ask you this question, straightforward. Why in the world would you turn down Steph Curry to play alongside of Kyrie Irving? Other than the one year where LeBron James managed to get the most out of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has been a uh, a detonator on team chemistry he just has he has not in any way made the team around him better and that's particularly the case if you just look what happened with when Kyrie Irving set out for the entire playoff run last year the Boston Celtics almost went to the NBA finals maybe should have gone to the NBA finals this year with Kyrie Irving they got run by the Milwaukee Bucks in five games I think this is a really bad decision by Kevin Durant, and I think it's made emotionally not uh, from a pure business perspective because from a pure business perspective, if you just sit back and you say to Kevin Durant, okay, bud, let's think about this. The Warriors are moving into a brand-new arena in San Francisco. They are going to have the ability to monetize their franchise better than almost anybody in the entirety of the NBA. Steph Curry is not near the end of his rope. He's got a lot of good years left. Clay Thompson – is going to be a really consistent player for years and years to come when he comes back from his ACL injury. Draymond Green, if you don't like him, they have an opportunity. Potentially, you probably, if you're Kevin Durant, could say, I want Draymond gone, and they would probably move him. You have a chance to lock in there for five years for over $200 million for more money with a better team. All you have to do is look around the NBA and say, it doesn't make sense right now what Kevin Durant is doing unless this is an emotional choice. Because if it's not an emotional choice, then he is objectively choosing a team that I don't believe is that close to winning his division. I don't believe is that close to winning his conference. I don't believe is that close to contending for a championship. And I just don't think it's a rational decision that makes a lot of sense. That's made even more the case If Kawhi Leonard ends up doing what we think Kawhi Leonard might do, which is go to the Lakers, although we'll see how long Kawhi waits to make a decision. Either way, Kevin Durant doesn't, in my opinion, do himself a lot of justice as a businessman with this decision. But I started off this conversation by saying I want you to think about the value of brands. For a long time in the world of sports, brands were all that mattered. The Knicks unquestionably have a huge and great brand. But you know what they have left now in this individual-laden era? All they have, all they have is Madison Square Garden. And you know what Madison Square Garden is? An old and relatively deteriorating arena. Because if you look at the landscape of sports right now, what happens beyond a shadow of a doubt is individuals make franchises, franchises don't make individuals. And this is true whether you're a coach or whether you're a player or frankly, whether you're a businessman in general, because for a very, very long time, the idea that the Nets would be able to out-recruit the Knicks was crazy, that the Clippers would ever be able to out-recruit the Lakers. That's the era that we live in now, when players cold all of the cards and are able to make any decisions. Brands are devalued. Players, individuals are valued even higher. Now... The challenge with that, in general, is that at some point in time, you have to deliver. And I question whether Kevin Durant is going to be a good cultural fit for New York City. I really do. We saw what happened with LeBron when he went to the Lakers last year, when things didn't go perfect from the get-go. Now, maybe LeBron's going to be able to rescue the Lakers, maybe this uh, four-year contract that he signed with the Lakers, the first year of which is not going to count effectively, Maybe the next three years are going to end great. Lakers are going to contend for championships, and no one will remember how the first year went. But that's with the Lakers having to make a lot of moves. I look at this situation in New York, even with him being with the Brooklyn Nets as opposed to the Knicks, and I say Kevin Durant has increased the pressure on himself by a massive amount. Coming off of an Achilles tendon injury, he's going to be expected, after one year of recovery, to come back and lead the Nets to a championship-caliber team. I just don't buy that he's going to be able to do that alongside of Kyrie Irving. I think he has made a bad, bad decision. And so when you really break this down, I think Kevin Durant's emotions got the better of him. Let me bring in Jason Martin, who's with me this week. I'm out in LA, so it's going to be a wild week. Uh, I'm doing, by the way, um, the Dan Patrick show on Thursday, and I am doing the uh, the Dan Patrick show on Friday. I'll be with Doug Gottlieb on Thursday. I'll be with... Uh, uh let's see Jason McIntyre on Friday uh but J-Mart what do you think of the Kevin Durant decision good decision bad decision indefensible decision
3: I think it's a bad decision but I think that it's predictable and I think this actually goes back further there's two things that are interesting here one it seems like international basketball and these Olympic teams is where friendships are built and these guys don't forget it and then when it comes to free agency they team up with their friends but I think that You've talked about this on your show. I've talked about it on the Jason Martin Show on Sunday mornings here on FSR as well. Adam Silver at the Sloan Analytics Conference discussing how unhappy NBA players are and how they're depressed. Well, we're talking about probably the two most depressed, unhappy people in all of pro sports teaming up right now in Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So this is ultimately the larger theme to me. These guys are chasing happiness. Golden State, Kevin Durant leaves Oklahoma City, he thinks, if I can go win, I'll just be happy. He goes out there and he wins a couple of championships, and he finds out, I don't really like Draymond Green. They don't think this is my team, they think this is Steph's team. I'm still not happy. So what are they chasing? They're chasing, they're thinking, all right, if winning isn't it, then what is it? Some people think it's money. They go to bad situations and bad markets, they make a ton of money, but they realize money doesn't buy happiness. And then finally, they say, well, I just want to play with my friends. That story that came out last week that the Nets were going to sign DeAndre Jordan because he, too, was a really close friend of Kevin Durant, dating back to international basketball, and they're Instagramming each other and all this kind of stuff. Kevin Durant is chasing happiness. And everywhere he goes, he finds out that what he thought was going to make him happy does not. And so what he's about to do is go with a guy who, as you said— destroys team chemistry who's probably not going to be real happy because Durant's not going to be on the floor this year so they're not going to be very good in Brooklyn this coming year so who knows how malcontented Kyrie Irving will be by the time Kevin Durant actually puts on a uniform and can get on the floor this to me I don't think the Nets ever win a championship with these guys that's my initial point I don't think this makes any sense From a basketball perspective but it makes all the sense in the world from a millennial just make me happy perspective which i think is ultimately going to fail
1: which is unfortunate right because and and i hate to get all psych pop psychology on everyone but external factors don't make you happy i mean i mean they really 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 don't and you know i'm 40 now so i can sit around and say this on some level But I really do believe that if you want to be truly happy in life, regardless of what your job is, regardless of how you make a living, regardless of your family situation, it's almost entirely internal. And so we think all the time. And look, we live in a consumer culture where we're sold the idea that if I just had that new pair of shoes, Mm -hmm. if I just had that car, if I just had that house, if I was just able to go to that school, always striving and wanting more can be very healthy. There's nothing wrong with ambition. But the idea that you are only going to be happy if you attained something, something external that you don't have right now, I'm here to tell you it ain't true. Because if you're not enjoying the process by which you pursue whatever you have ambition for, you are not going to be fulfilled by ultimately reaching that destination. And I, I don't get it for Kevin Durant. I really don't. I don't understand from a pure, and this may be the question of, you know, who's advising you and who's willing to tell you the truth. To me, Kevin Durant had an opportunity; it was pretty straightforward. He could have tried to pursue excellence with the Golden State Warriors for years and years ahead while he rehabbed from an injury, playing with Steph Curry, who is a much better point guard. I mean, is, is there any doubt? that everybody out there listening to us right now, if you had to choose between which point guard you want to play for or with Steph or Kyrie Irving, is there anybody out there who wants to play with Kyrie Irving over Steph? I mean, that's laughably absurd, right? But that's the decision. And while we're talking about all of the New York stories, obviously the Knicks and everything that happened with them and everything going on with the Nets, interesting moves in the East overall, right? Because now you have a situation where – suddenly Jimmy Butler leaves from the 76ers and is going to be traded down to the Heat. And so you've got an interesting tandem uh, there as well. Plus, you get Al Horford coming to the 76ers. So in this era of parity, again, depending on what Kawhi Leonard decides to do, if he goes to the Lakers, the Lakers are still a substantially better team, I think, than everybody else. But... At least, if you're looking around in the NBA and wondering what parity might look like, we have the early inclinations that it could exist, right? I mean, so, Jason Martin, for you, what do you think about the decision? Jimmy Butler to the Heat, and then now you got Al Horford leaving the Celtics and going to join the 76ers. Do the 76ers also extend Tobias Harris? Everybody seems like they're making their run at the crown right now, right? And it seems like there are a lot of contenders for this crowd.
3: Yeah, I mean, the Sixers got rid of some shooters, but Josh Richardson can shoot the three as well. And there were a lot of teams that were really interested in his services, so he's going to go to the Sixers as part of this deal as well. Horford, they got a lot bigger. Their starting five is going to be Horford, Embiid, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, a lot of balls here, and Ben Simmons. So they've got a lot of guys that you like, and they've got Horford who everybody loves to play with. He's the anti-Kyrie. He's the dude that you want around. And Butler, look, he's a little bit bristly. So this could actually work out. But you're right. Everybody's going for it right now because they feel like it's a wide-open NBA for the first time in a long time.
1: And it all now comes down to Kawhi, right? What in the world does Kawhi Leonard decide to do? Because if he doesn't, if Kawhi doesn't go to the Lakers, then there are a whole litany of teams, 10 or 12 of them, right, that you could look at and think, oh, this team has a chance at a championship.
3: Absolutely. Just don't go to the Lakers, Kawhi, please. We have a chance at a league that I've wanted to see for I don't know how long, where you've got a lot of really good teams, not a lot of really mediocre teams. That is what that's the NBA I think that we want. This is Outkick the
4: Coverage with Clay Travis.
1: Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. All right, I'm out in L.A. for the next, like, eight or nine, ten days, whatever the heck it is. So uh, I'm going to be all in on the Kawhi drama. We are doing our show uh, from the Fox Lots, the final week of the Lock It In show. Should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to being fully immersed. But as much as I enjoy the Lakers as a storyline and as great as the Laker brand is, the worst thing that can happen to the NBA is Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers and every single person listening to me right now who is anything other than a diehard Lakers fan has got to be in agreement with me. Because what we have seen happen in the NBA, all too common, is we have one dynasty after another. Somebody is out there that is really good And there's almost no middle ground where a team can rise up and win a championship. Now, some of you might be thinking, oh, what about the Raptors? The Raptors just did it, but they relied upon two season-ending injuries to Klay Thompson and to Kevin Durant. I honestly believe that if only one of those guys had been out for a season-ending injury and the other player had been healthy throughout the series, the Golden State Warriors still would have won the series. And they still would have won the championship. It took two iconic stars from the Golden State Warriors being injured for the Toronto Raptors to be able to sneak their way into a title. Credit to the Raptors, but unless you believe that there are going to be two massive injuries or even maybe one massive injury on this team, then the Lakers would be a prohibitive favorite if they trotted out LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyle Kuzma. Now, I understand why the Lakers would be selling Kawhi Leonard on this idea like crazy. And I also understand how if you are Kawhi Leonard and you had to basically put the entire country of Canada on your back to lead him to a championship, I understand why it might be seductive to go to L.A., even to be with the Lakers, where you get a lot more attention and it doesn't seem like Kawhi is a guy who loves attention. Even if that were the case, you could take care of your load management. You don't have to play as many minutes. You could kick back and you could relax more during the regular season. The same thing could be true with LeBron James. The same thing could be true with Anthony Davis. I'm selling those guys right now. If I am Rob Polinka or Magic Johnson or Jeannie Buss, who whoever is doing that recruitment for the Lakers, I'm saying, look, what you want is to play 65 games with us. We'll give you 17 games off, and we want you full speed by the time the postseason gets here. We can win enough with two out of three of you playing on a regular basis. You will be a star unlike any other star. You will win another championship. Kawhi, you will go to a third team to win a third championship. You and LeBron will both triple up in terms of bringing championships to three different teams and Kawhi. As LeBron rides off into the sunset, we're pairing you with Anthony Davis, who is another young guy that you can dominate with for years and years to come. The problem is, that's great for the Lakers, that's bad for the NBA. Right now, if you look at the NBA and Kawhi stays with the Raptors, let's just say Kawhi stays there, we still have a lot of other uncertainty about different parts and where everybody else can go, but Kawhi is the big linchpin that's going to move the odds market in a substantial way. So what happens if Kawhi stays with the Raptors? Then the Lakers still have a chance to win a championship, right? They have $32 million that they can distribute around to some of the other available free agents. We've got the Clippers with maybe the Clippers can at least put themselves into a position where they're decent, right? The Bucks still have a chance to win a championship now that Chris Middleton has re-upped and they got a big contract with him and Giannis. The Rockets, who knows what they're going to end up doing down in Houston, but they had a team that was good enough to beat the Warriors two straight years. They're still pretty solid. The Raptors, Raptors have a great chance of repeating with Kawhi. 76ers, Tobias Harris re-ups for a long time. Ben Simmons, Embiid, you still have a pretty talented roster. Maybe at some point in time, Ben Simmons is actually going to be able to make an outside shot. The Celtics, okay, we'll talk a little bit about this. I'm going to bring in Jay Martin and ask him about this. How do you assess the value of of Kimball Walker as it opposes to Kyrie Irving. Certainly, the Nuggets, look, they're under the radar. They haven't made a lot of moves, but the Nuggets were close to advancing to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, They they have to feel like they're a team that has a chance. The Jazz have made a couple of great moves. They have actually had, since free agency started, their odds to win a championship come down the the, the most. The Nets, they're not going to be very good next year because we know that Kevin Durant's not going to be back with the Achilles tendon tear, but... After that, in the next year, you can have some optimism there. Kind of see me running through. We know the Trailblazers were already in the finals. They get healthy again. Uh, They theoretically could come back. The Thunder, I don't know if Russell Westbrook's ever going to win a series alongside of Paul George, but they at least have talent. Porzingis paired with uh, Luka. All those teams that I just ran through, Jason Martin, as long as Kawhi isn't on the Lakers, I can make you a bullish case. And what I'm sounding like here is, is what every other league sounds like when the season begins, which is you look at the overall landscape of the league, and you can squint if you look hard enough, if you look at the right angle, if guys develop in a way that you hope they can, your team can win a championship. That's about 10 teams that I just ran through, which we haven't seen teams feel like that in a very long way. Kawhi can't go to the Lakers if the goal is to make the NBA as interesting as it possibly can be.
3: Yes, I agree. And that's what I said on my program here on FSR yesterday, that the elite-level parity is what you want. And you have an opportunity for that in a sport where you almost never Have the opportunity for that. What what did we say? Even when I was your executive producer, we would talk about the regular season and, okay, well, Golden State is going to win this thing. And I remember you used to say, we could go back and pull the audio. You would joke and say, the only reason, the only way the Warriors don't win is if multiple superstars go down with injuries. And that's exactly what we saw. And that's why they didn't win the championship this year. Now, if you think about Kawhi going to the Lakers and them saying, load management, you can take 17 games off. One stat that I saw, was that during this five-year span for the Warriors, those guys played an extra 102 games because of how far and how deep and how often they were in the postseason. And that it beat up their bodies, and that's the reason why nobody's been able to win four in five years since like the 60s Celtics. Because of the toll it takes on your body, once you get to that fifth year, you start to see guys get dinged up. Now, it's not a direct correlation, but I'm sure it didn't help matters as it related to what happened to Klay Thompson, to Durant, and even to Andre Iguodala. Plus, we've seen Steph Curry... Hurt in previous postseasons. Maybe one of the biggest surprises this year was Steph Curry really wasn't hurt. He was the hurt most in the playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, that that's that's not expected. But in terms of a league, I want to see. I want to see, and I've written down eleven different teams where there are two stars that are at least semi marketable. That would be something I would want to watch in prime time if I believed that those teams could actually compete for a championship. If they weren't just lambs being led to the slaughter in the Western Conference semis or the Eastern Conference semis. And so if Kyrie stays in Toronto, where I also think he could be a national hero because there's no other team in Canada. So the entire country roots for the Toronto Raptors. That dude gets a statue put in front of that building if he stays. They want him to stay. And one thing I saw, Adrian Wojnarowski said this a couple of days ago, over the weekend, before free agency opened. He said that relationships matter to Kawhi Leonard. And so Toronto actually has a leg up in that discussion because he knows the training staff, he knows the coaching staff, he understands Nick Nurse, he understands that Masai Ujiri, who built this team, is sticking around. There's a trust that has been built, not just with the guys on the floor, but Kawhi feels like they took care of him last year. He feels like he had what was called medical autonomy as it related to his health matters. They listened to his doctors. They listened to his people. And when he said he wasn't feeling right, they gave him whatever he needed. And so if he goes to the Lakers, he doesn't know Frank Vogel. He doesn't know Jeannie Buss and how she operates. He doesn't know that. And if you were to go to the Clippers, he doesn't have a personal relationship with Doc Rivers. He doesn't know what Lawrence Frank is doing. So Woj says that that actually gives, potentially toronto more of an advantage than people are giving them credit for because Kawhi values relationships and he's been able to build them but in terms of just the league i don't want to see him go to la he has earned the right to go wherever he wants he's won two nba finals mvps in two different conferences after beating two defending champions to win those titles his resume is impeccable I just don't want to see that because I don't need a prohibitive favorite right now. I like the idea that there are a lot of really good teams that you could make a
1: case for. That actually makes an 82-game regular season interesting. Here's also what I would add. If you are Kawhi Leonard and you are looking at all these different moves and trying to assess where the talent is going to be, why not re-up for one year with a player option for another year with the Raptors? And no, like, there's a lot of talk about, well, why you wouldn't necessarily want to do that because what if you injure yourself? What we just saw from Kevin Durant and what we've seen from Klay Thompson is if you're a good enough player, even if you have an injury that might keep you out for an entire year, you still get a max contract because that's how good you are and also maybe how undervalued you are relative to the salary cap existing. In other words, what I mean by that is the the Nets are coming out and giving uh, – giving Kevin Durant a four-year guarantee of 100 and whatever the math is I jotted down here 100 and uh, let's see 41 million over four years 164 million dollars right they're giving him 164 million dollars so that means to me that Kevin Durant is worth 50 million plus on the open market because you're paying him that for just three years but your fear if you're Kawhi Leonard is it's not like it's the NFL where if you get injured it's almost impossible to ever make the money back up And so that's why those guys don't want to get franchised. You could make the decision to stay in Toronto, wait and see how everybody else is doing, have a player option for another year, and be able to assess things. Because you know the Raptors are going to be pretty good, right? They've got a lot of talent coming back. You just won a championship. It seems to me that everybody else almost has come down. The Lakers have come up a little bit. But by and large, I don't think there's a team that's been able to put everything together to make a run at the Raptors where they've gotten a lot better, right? Especially in the East. I think you can look at the Bucks getting worse. I think you can look at the Celtics getting worse. So I think you can look in the East and say, hey, we have an even better trip and possibility of going to the finals this year than we did last year. Why not, instead of signing a multi-year extension, just because maybe I'm not that confident that I want to be in Canada for that long, A a one and a one, a player option for one year and a player option for another year and allowing you to assess the landscape once more after a year could make a lot of sense, couldn't it? Oh,
3: yeah. I think it absolutely does. And if you look further, you're talking about the East getting weak. It really kind of becomes a two-team race. It becomes Philadelphia... I mean, Milwaukee's still got a shot. They bring in Middleton, but losing Brogdon is a fairly big deal to Indiana. That makes Indiana a lot better, though. I guess you could say Old Depot and Brogdon, that's a good backcourt. If you look at Jimmy Butler going to Miami, they still don't have enough in Miami where that's going to matter all that much. But Philadelphia, they got better without Horford they shored up and they got uh, Josh Richardson well. And that's somebody that a lot of teams in the league actually wanted. So I think if you stay in Toronto, you still have a much better chance on that side. And I'm not including Brooklyn because, of course, Kevin Durant's not going to play this coming season. So that's a future move. They'll be part of the mix later, but not now. But as for Kawhi, if he goes to the Lakers, I think it wrecks this. If I'm Adam Silver, yeah, you're going to watch Lakers games, but what else are you going to watch? Because there's not any real reason to unless Anthony Davis goes down with an injury, which you don't want to see happen. So for the health of your league, I think you want Kawhi either with the Clippers or ultimately I think you
1: want him to stay in Toronto. When we come back, why Kawhi Leonard's psychology is ultimately what will decide where he goes inside the brain of Kawhi Leonard and why I think we can figure out psychologically what his choice will be next on OutKick.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live.
2: tire slash sports tire the way tire buying should be
1: welcome back geico outkick studios to me i tease this i went to break i know the west coast is starting to wake up and the question that a lot of people have out there uh in the world of the nba right now is almost entirely predicated on what will Kawhi leonard do what decisions that he makes will make sense and if you really think about it assuming that we know anything at all about Kawhi leonard and i understand that we never know everything or even anything about some of these athletes, right? Because so much of their public persona can be different than what their private reality is. But the one thing about Kawhi Leonard that seems to hold true is this is a guy who is pretty much all about basketball. There's a great moment when he's about to run out onto the court and he gets a pound from a teammate. Uh, somebody wants to get him a pound and... And he's like, no, no, no. I got to get out on the court. I'm focused here. Everything about Kawhi Leonard, whether it's the New Balance shoes, whether it's the board man wins title, whatever it is, is all predicated on him being obsessed with basketball. Does he really want to deal with the carnival of excess that is being a teammate of LeBron James? Think about what Kawhi's career has been like so far. He's in San Antonio, one of the best places in the country to live as a pro athlete on a team that almost no one cares about from an aggressive media mindset because of the vibe that was put in place by Greg Popovich. Now, obviously, Kawhi ended up not finishing his tenure with San Antonio in a way that was great, right? But I think the culture of that place mattered a great deal to him. Same thing true about Toronto you can make an argument that Kawhi went from one extreme of disinterest in the United States down near the border with Mexico all the way north of the border with the Toronto Raptors and until it got pretty far into the playoffs most people didn't give the Raptors much of a chance to win a title most people didn't believe in them and most people didn't pay a lot of attention to Kawhi and now you're telling me that he's going to give all that up Success under the radar without a lot of attention to suddenly have every little thing picked apart as a member of LeBron James's team. Kawhi doesn't do social media. LeBron lives on social media. LeBron is a quintessential millennial. Every feeling that he has is immediately broadcast to the nation and the world. And then you add in all of the attention off the court with Anthony Davis, with the drama over the coaching staff when you know that Frank Vogel is going to be on the hot seat from the minute that all starts to the uncertainty with what Magic Johnson is going to do, how Jeannie Buss is going to behave, what in the world's going to happen with Rob Polinka. The Lakers seem like everything that Kawhi Leonard despises. So the idea that he would go to the Lakers, we just told you why we don't think it's great for the league. The idea that he would go there seems to fulfill none of what we know about Kawhi Leonard so far. It seems totally illogical that Kawhi would make the decision to join the Lakers. Now, Clippers, I can see it. Staying in Toronto, I can see it. But the idea that Kawhi, of all the teams in pro sports, would go to the Lakers, which may be the most overcovered team in all of pro sports, it makes zero sense. Am I crazy, or does that all tie in in your mind trying to analyze Kawhi's decision making as well, Jason Martin?
3: In a short period of time, let me say it this way. Let me tell you who I don't think Kawhi Leonard wants to be. I don't think he wants to be Chris Bosch, and I don't think he wants to be Kevin Love, because that's what he would be if he goes to the Lakers, because Anthony Davis is going to be deemed to be the second guy. Even though I disagree, I think Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the NBA, personally, not just because of what I just saw. But I don't think he wants to be that dude. If he wants to be a killer on the basketball floor, you do go to the Clippers, or you stay in Toronto, and you continue to be John Wick in the NBA, which is what I've compared him to in the past. You don't go play third banana.
1: And I think he's looking at where people are moving right now. He's not going to have any meetings for the next couple of days. I think that's pretty straightforward and slowly kind of slide into his decision-making process. But I just, I, I think the Lakers is a totally illogical play if Kawhi Leonard decides to do it. We'll continue to talk about this. This is Outkick, the coverage
2: with Clay Travis. TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
1: This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment of the show in Los Angeles. Traveled across the country today. Got a busy day with Lock It In. But we've had a busy, busy, busy day of free agency. And I thought we'd just finish off today's show, Monday edition of Outkick the Coverage. What surprised you the most? in all of the movements, Jason Martin, that took place today, I'll tell you what surprised me the most. Um, And maybe I shouldn't have been surprised because the odds markets were telling us that this was likely what was going to happen. If you remember on this show last week, I said, hey, the money has come in substantially on Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn. But ultimately, I can't believe that Kevin Durant decided to leave Steph Curry for Kyrie Irving. Um, And look, there are a lot of surprises, a lot of craziness that's happened, zaniness in the NBA in this free agent market. But to me, I just come back again and again to the fact that Kyrie Irving has been a difficult teammate, to the fact that Steph is statistically one of the greatest point guards that's ever existed, and that Kevin Durant would decide to walk out on him. just doesn't make very much sense to me.
3: And even worse than that, if you want to look at it from that perspective, is Durant and Kyrie both are taking less than the max. Yep. So that they could get DeAndre Jordan, who's another guy that is like almost best friends with Kevin Durant. And I think that that's what this comes down to, and that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah, you talked about the friendship component to this. Well, not just the friendship component, but just the fact that it seems like Kevin Durant is seeking happiness. And how is he trying to find it? Well, he leaves Oklahoma City to try to win. He wins championships. That didn't make him happy. That's not his team. It's always Steph's team. Draymond's in his face saying, we didn't need you. You gravy trained us. So he leaves and money, you know, money doesn't make a whole lot of people happy. So he's going to go and he's going to try to play with his friends and maybe that's going to make him happy, but he's going to go play with a dude that isn't very happy in his own right in Kyrie Irving. Now, DeAndre Jordan will go play this year with Kyrie, but they're not going to be very good. Kevin Durant's coming back from an injury that the percentage chance that he's still in the league for two years after he comes back from this is low if you look historically. Now, I think he'll probably beat that.
1: That's why the Knicks decided they didn't want him.
3: Right, yeah, that's that's <laughs> why. That's why. I think, that's, I think just maybe the biggest thing is just how much movement we saw in the first day. Like, that might be a cop-out answer, but I'm not terribly surprised when you really think about Kevin Durant that this is the thing Kevin Durant did. I think that it's a little stunning to me that it happened this fast. I wasn't expecting his information to come today. I mean, you had that story of Steph Curry coming back from China and, a, and taking his flight through New York specifically so he could meet with Kevin Durant. Klay Thompson, texting him every single day. Just, we want you back. You're the best player in the world. Blah, blah, blah. All of this kind of stuff. Just everybody that mattered... With the Golden State organization telling Kevin Durant how important he was, and it still was not enough for him not to go to Brooklyn, like that—that that to me is amazing. And I think maybe quietly the Knicks story is just—it's mind-blowing in how we should have seen it coming when they got rid of all that money when they let Kristaps Porzingis go and put themselves in position, that doesn't mean anything. Because it seems like today, if you don't have a good structure as it relates to the executive side, a lot of dudes are not going to come play
1: for you. Well, I think what it speaks to is brands are not connected to teams anymore. They're connected to individuals. And so the individual brand of a LeBron James or Kevin Durant is more important, uh, even though it may make the teams upset and may make the owners and the executives and everybody else upset, they bring the brand. The team doesn't bring the brand, and so uh, even with the Knicks obviously being a huge, as Frank Isola told us, a huge, more substantial draw in New York City, Kevin Durant's basically rolling the dice and saying, "Yeah, but once I get rolling, then everybody's going to follow the Nets instead of following the uh, the Knicks." And maybe, maybe that's ultimately what Kawhi will decide too if he goes to the Clippers over the Lakers. Uh, That would be an incredible story of duality there going on in both New York and L.A., that the little brother team bringing in a big-time free agent that the big brother wants as well. Uh, You just don't see that happen very often. And so uh, I I think as we all wait on Kawhi, certainly I'd encourage you guys to hang out with Fox Sports Radio. We'll be talking about this huge amount on Lock It In on FS1 later today. And uh, and just I mean, keep it and refresh on your phone until uh, till Woj Robot Woj uh, ends up imploding and uh, and blowing up because
3: go to sleep Woj.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I mean the guy's uh, going on 24 hours straight at least. He's uh, got to be on fumes at this point. So do we. Uh, appreciate all of you. Thanks for hanging with us. It's been Outkick the coverage live from LA on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, oh,
4: oh, all right.